What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who's trying to take Javante Williams from all my rosters, <laughs> a.k.a. the Run DMC, a.k.a. Mr. Dan McAuliffe, and by the man who changed our cover photo to Rashad Penny without me noticing. Oh, yeah. I'm talking about at DFF Moose, a.k.a. Mr. Mike McAuliffe. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Great. I'm stoked. This is uh, this has been a fun week to kind of recap a little bit when it came to uh, playoff football. Uh, I think we would all probably agree this was one of the better uh, kind of playoff football weekends we've had in quite some time. Uh, so fun to watch. Uh, so many fun teams and uh, a few teams you probably didn't expect to be making the uh, the playoffs here. So uh, my uh, Cincinnati Bengals in particular, I've been a big fan of watching Joey Burrow just kind of carve through uh, every team he's been facing so far. So I've been loving it, man. It's been great. It's a fun time for football, uh, and it's only going to continue to be fun as we go into the next set here. Couldn't have said it better myself. It was just a great weekend to be a football fan. I was glued to the, to the TV. I know that... Uh, just seeing four games come down to the wire was just yeah. absolutely insane. And just it's the way that they did that, especially I thought that nothing could have gotten better than those first three games, but seeing that chiefs bills game and just thinking oh, that man. the bills were screwed and then the chiefs were screwed and then no way the bills are, it's just, it was awesome. Getting fun to ESPN see. 30 for 30 on that game all set up yep. already. Cause that was totally. just, that was, that was wild. That yeah, was, it was a cool. fun, fun watch. Cool seeing they they Allen and Mahomes hugging after the game saying we're gonna be doing this a lot, man. So yep, exactly. <laughs> get used to it. Change of the guard, man. So we got a great show lined up tonight, playing off that weekend a little bit and uh, the teams that advanced. But before we jump into anything, uh, quick tweet of the week. So this week's tweet goes to at FF Engineer. Uh, we will get that posted on Twitter and thrown in the show description and. We got a scorching hot pole, potentially one of the hottest topics in Dynasty rankings Ooh. right now. That's but right. before we jump in, Dan, I think there's a little something you want to let the listeners know about on the uh, on the Super Bowl front. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, it's, it's always fun when you have a, a podcast, you have a, a platform to try and uh, spread the word on some, some good news and, and uh, charitable work going on. So, uh, the Red Cross right now, uh, given everything that's going on, hospitals are overloaded, etc. Uh, they're doing a pretty cool um, kind of giveaway. Uh, where anyone who's donating blood, a um, bunch of different ways that you can, plasma, red blood cell, all that type of stuff, um, anyone who donates blood gets entered uh, for a chance to win uh, two tickets to the Super Bowl, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and then they're also doing a giveaway where they have some other at-home kind of packages that they're sending to people. So if they can't go to the Super Bowl, they at least get some cool entertainment that way. So um, just an opportunity to support your uh, your local Red Cross they could certainly use it right now, uh, given everything that's going on. So uh, everyone that we know is listening to this is probably very uh, big fans of football. So a cool opportunity for doing some good and maybe getting some good in return. Uh, so they're doing that uh, through the rest of this month. So until January 31st. So if you're able to, healthy enough and able to get outside, uh, highly recommend doing that because I think it's a pretty good cause. Sure. And we will get that link in, uh, in the show description as well, just to Perfect. make it easy for people. But uh, yeah, love it. Love the cause. Nothing better than a little football and a little help in the community. Exactly. So, right. Best of both cool. worlds. Um, so like I said, we uh, tonight's show structured, really wanted to hone in on the dynasty values of the players uh, in the remaining teams, the teams that advanced past this weekend. But before we jump into all of that and try to keep it short and not make this show 90 minutes long, um, we were having a little internal debate in the old dynasty dynamic text thread 
And it came up, you know, this is a hot topic right now. CeeDee Lamb and where you're putting him in dynasty rankings. So I'm going to throw it to you, Mike. I know you got this up on Twitter and we finished the poll before today. So walk us through the poll and the results that we saw from this. Totally. So like you said, we had, we had been talking about it earlier in the week and we we're like, you know what, let's see what the, the Twitter community thinks about this. So just pose the question, you know, right now, in your opinion, for you, is C.D. Lamb a top five dynasty wide receiver? And this is probably one of the closest polls we've ever done. Um, it was pretty even split, but looks like the no side came out just slightly ahead with 50% of the vote. Uh, people that said yes, that was 48%, and 2% could not decide, which I can't really blame you because personally for me, he is right on the cusp, but he is not just barely not a top five dynasty wide receiver for me. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I think it might be different for me. Uh, first of all, I love the fact that this could have been a 50, 50 split, but the people that were too afraid to say yes and said, can't decide, <laughs> you know, kind of, <laughs> um, you know, if you guys want me to kick it off, I'm happy to. Cause I, I feel like for one of the few times in my dynasty career, uh, I'm on the side of consensus. I think, uh, you know, we took a look at, at fantasy pros and they have him in that top five right now. And I'm of that mindset too. Right now, guys, you know, if I'm looking at my top five, it is Jamar Chase. It is Justin Jefferson. It is AJ Brown. It is DK Metcalf and CeeDee Lamb rounds out that top five for me. And I'm not sure I can remember uh, easily in recent memory Somebody who was a prospect we love, posted a 900-plus yard season his first year, went over 1,100 yards this year, and for whatever reason, continues to get better, and somehow he's falling down the dynasty rankings. So that's where I'm at. Dan, I'll kick it to you and let me know you know, where you stand on this and what your top five at wide receiver looks like. Yeah, uh, honestly, you and I are, uh, are not too different on the top five there. Uh, I've got Chase first, Jefferson second. Uh, AJ Brown third, CJ Lamb fourth, and then DK Metcalf uh, fifth. Uh, just comes he squeaks ahead of DK Metcalf a little bit just because of age, to be honest. And I also kind of look at that as you said, he is very well accomplished. We loved him as a prospect, and heck, I honestly I feel like AJ Brown was left for dead for some people uh, until the latter part of this season when they're like, oh, oh, that's right, when he's healthy, he's an absolute beast, and then he jettisons back up into that top five there. So, with CD Lamb, the only thing that I think that people need to be able to continue to look at is of course like age um there's some people in the top five in fantasy pros and other people's rankings where i kind of go by the if they were to lose one season just due to injury straight off the bat would they still be in that next year or close to that next year and you have guys like Devonte adams uh tyreek hill cooper cup who are all in that like higher tier but if they lost a season due to unpredictable injury that that is a cliff because all of a sudden you're talking about these guys being 29 30 31 like that's scary to me and so I have to kind of err on if there's a large enough age gap that I have to put the younger guys ahead because if CD Lamb had a lost season I still want him on my team for years to come whereas any of these other guys I know we play to win but I'm always going to put a slight edge, and Max, it might be you rubbing off on me a little bit, uh, to the younger guys there. And so that's where C.D. Lamb does close out as a top five dynasty wide receiver for me because of reasons like that. I love the evolution of Dan and the youth movement as we <laughs> continue to do the show over the last year and a half or whatever it's been. So, Mike, 
uh, I'm going to throw it back to you. So give us your top five and maybe, you know, maybe it's self-explanatory, you know, when you talk about the top five, but why CD's not in that group right now? Yeah. I mean, I, I won't lie. That's, that's a really great argument uh, to make Dan is that, that, that injury concern, obviously, you know, like you can argue that some guys, um, that are a little bit older could still definitely put up amazing years, but that's the second we know that, that, that value can tank. So yeah, regardless, uh, my top five is going to look like, uh, Jamar chase at one, Justin Jefferson at two, AJ Brown at three, Tyreek Hill at four and Cooper cup, uh, for me is sliding into the top five with this ridiculous season that he had, especially, Uh, you know, with, I think Matt Stafford and him are going to cook for a long, long time here. So, um, CD just, he is six or seven for me, you know, he's in that same vein of, of Metcalf, um, you know, Debo Samuel, I know that he's definitely not really that close to the top five for me, but he's still in that conversation of if he puts up another year that that's a top 10 year, he could probably be a little bit more valuable to me than, than lamb. I know with my, with me right now. I've just seen some concerning things uh, from him over the past couple of years, particularly this year. He seemed to really fade um, when he was still on the field for all those games. The last 10 weeks of the season, he was averaging 12 PPR points per game. That's wide receiver three type production. I know that he was a sophomore, um, but you know when Michael Gallup came back, that really seemed to affect him, which to me, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily have the highest faith in Mike McCarthy to make the right coaching decisions. But I, it seemed to me like he's not striking me right now as an alpha, bona fide alpha receiver that a lot of people seem to view him as. Um, again, he's still top 10 for me, but these guys that can just absolutely take over games, even if they're 27, 28, they're still way more valuable to me right now. I know that I definitely... Uh, compared to you guys will err on the side of current production uh, as far as my rankings are concerned, you know, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I just, I think I would have needed to see just a little bit more out of CD this year to put him in my top five. It's, it's certainly an argument to be made. Right. And I think that's where for me, and I don't want to take too much time up with this, but to quickly hit on a point, the reason that I have the AJ Browns and the DK Metcalfs above is because they do fit that kind of prototypical alpha wide receiver mold. Mm-hmm. Whereas yeah. CD, he he doesn't really profile that. He's like that borderline kind of guy, 6'2", 200 pounds. Um, but to me, it feels like we've seen, for some of these guys, close to their ceiling already. And I feel like we haven't seen that with CD Lamb yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Just like the top, top of what he can produce. Obviously, we saw that with Cooper Cup this year, right? Yep. Like, if you think Cooper Cup's turning in another 2,000-yard season, I'll take the field on that bet, personally. <laughs> yeah. So, that that's kind of where I'm at. He's the he's the person where he's still not even 23 years old yet. Um, actually, Nate Liss from uh, the Breakout Finder team, I heard him point out a great stat for this, where CeeDee Lamb only played 16 games this year, and if you added another game for him, with what he averaged in points per game, he would have finished as the wide receiver 12 on the season. So he would have been yeah. a wide receiver one in fantasy. Now, it's not a perfect argument because I'm not going to go say that every single guy that finished in the top 12 played 16, 17 games. But it's just one of those things where slight tweaks like that, him finishing as a wide receiver one in fantasy could really skew perception. So I love that point that Nate brought up. Um, Dan, I'll give you a one one more quick thing to say if you want to say it, but then I do want to jump into the show. Yep. 
The only last thing that I'll say about it is uh, looking back at production is great, um, but also forward-looking, A, I would totally agree. We may not have seen his ceiling, and I do think there's some potential team changes coming about for the Dallas Cowboys uh, where Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, Michael Gallup I think is going to go somewhere and get paid. Uh, and I think you saw Mr. Jared Jones uh, be a little disappointed with the contract situation with Amari Cooper and his production. So I see a potential where some of the things that have held CD back might be gone. And if that happens, man, do I believe we'll see a, a next level to CD Lamb? Absolutely. Dalton Schultz is also right, going to be well, gone as well. Just yeah, putting that out exactly. there. In so, that he was a huge up. target target hog for, for yeah. them. So you're right. Do they he keep definitely some of those guys? Move. You got to figure. But is there enough immediate opportunity where you might see at least one or two of those guys leave? Yeah. So we'll see. All right. Well, Mike even got his last point in there. So everybody's all even now. Let's jump into the heart of the show. And really, it's pretty simple. So I sat there and I said, guys, we got four remaining teams after a fantastic weekend of games. Let's go through, and I just did it in alphabetical order because that's how my mind works. Um, and basically, if if Fantasy Pros had one of these players, Dynasty-relevant players, inside the top 200, they made the list. So going to go through it position by position. You guys stop me where you want to make a point, but uh, we, you know, let's try to keep it brief and uh, see if any fun conversation comes out of it. So starting it off with quarterbacks, Cincinnati Bengals, the Joe Burrow ascension, Ooh. and... I feel like I've taken some victory laps on this show recently. Rashad Penny, Cam Akers, Jalen Hurts. So I'm going to tell on myself here. Mike and I did a show. I want to say it was either late September or early October. And he put the poll up saying, do you prefer Joe Burrow or do you prefer Justin Fields? And I said, give me Justin Fields in Superflex leagues. And it's looking pretty bad right now. You know, Dan and I have had these conversations about how you view the short-term in Dynasty, how you view the long-term, you know, Joe Burrow's rookie year, we saw a lot. I'm going to parallel and kind of throw it to Dan here because it reminded me of Baker's rookie year, right? Where like played, you know, played after three or four games, set the rookie touchdown record. And then it was like just skyrocketing up dynasty boards. And the same thing was happening with Joe Burrow, but we hadn't seen him put it all together. So Fantasy Pros has him number overall 11, QB5, Dan, as the guy wearing the Bengals jersey right Baby. now, give me your thoughts. I on, I mean, so just uh, conversely, like Joe Burrow is a guy I've probably been a little bit higher on uh, on this podcast just because probably my unbridled love for the Bengals in general. Um, but it was, and I remember having that conversation about Justin Fields. Um, this, I, the only thing that's different about the, the Baker Mayfield connection is like, he was already tearing it up his rookie year and then had the, uh, massive knee injury. And if you took, and that was my biggest thing I kept leaning on, if you took the pace he was on, he was going to be, uh, actually coming out ahead of Justin Herbert. Uh, that year if he stayed healthy with the pace he was on he was literally the amount of 300 yard games I think he had the most throughout that whole time uh, as a as a quarterback against some of the other quarterbacks I love him he has this swagger that you just can't quantify there's we can do all that we want with all the stats and numbers etc he is a leader uh, I love what he does with the organization, and I think he is here to stay because this this year was already being built on the shoulders of the year prior. And at this point, it's not an anomaly for me. He has an amazing cast, and he's very talented. He is here to stay, and I'm easily uh, not going to be balking at putting him at QB5. Mike, I'm going to give you a second to add, but... Uh... 
Yeah. I mean, Dan said it all right there, really. Yeah, I'm not sure I need to add. I'm in complete agreement. Um, you know, we always want to be able to to go back and forth on this show, but he Joe Burrow has that it factor for lack of a better word. It's just he's he's got a great supporting cast and there's there's no telling what he might be able to do over the next five years. I'm really excited to watch him. All right. So the next one, I don't even think we need to touch on it whatsoever. Patrick Mahomes, number one overall, QB1 overall. So let's keep it moving and let's talk a little bit about Maddie Stafford. So Maddie Stafford, they have him at QB or uh, sorry, number 41 overall player uh, and QB 11. Mike, does that feel like the guy that we just watched almost collapse and then throw a beautiful bomb to your guy, <laughs> Cooper Cup? to seal it with a game-winning field goal? Does that feel like where he should be ranked these days? I I would definitely say so. You know, age is definitely not quite as important uh, for, for quarterbacks, you know, at least in my eyes in Dynasty. He's 33 years old right now. There's definitely some guys that, um, you know, could leapfrog him um, over the next year or so. But I, that's kind of about right for me. I, I don't really have a major gripe with putting him at, at number 11. Yeah, they have him right next to Aaron Rodgers at QB 10. Would you be taking Matt Stafford or would you be taking Aaron Rodgers? I would probably be taking Stafford personally. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, Rodgers, obviously, he's, he's more talented, but the guy's the guy could retire tomorrow who knows yeah, the guy, exactly. I, I just don't or know have it's another just... scandal or want to trade or hold out or exactly just choose the guy who's playing the game instead of talking about playing the game yeah 100 so. it's stafford clearly you know like again he has that connection with a wide receiver one just like rogers did with with adams but you know that that's going to be something you can probably rely on for at least the next three years and that's very important like i said age doesn't matter but situation for me with quarterbacks is the most important thing so i i, I got a little super him. fired up dan there with the aaron Rodgers. <laughs> i'm him. over Let's, aaron Rodgers yeah. nowadays it's just it's a lot don't play <laughs> Let's, uh, so i don't i don't really know if we need to talk about jimmy g too much they have him number 155 overall qb 29 in Superflex. i will say like if you're in a Superflex league with some reasonably deep rosters like Jimmy G feels like one of those guys that could easily find his way into a starting job next year through some random chance uh, and and just, you know, the craziness of the NFL season. But let's move on to the guy who really hasn't played nearly as many snaps as we thought we'd be seeing this year. Dan, number 34 overall, QB9, hasn't moved an inch (laughs) since he was drafted. Talk to me about Trey it's, Lance. It's wild. One of the better things that could have happened for his value is not playing <laughs> in the NFL this year, pretty much at all. Um, it's it is kind of wild that it's people still are are definitely holding out for him being the prospect that we believed in, the 102 taken overall. I think those things baked in. Uh, people know what's coming. Um, I think it's it's unfortunate we didn't get to see what he was able to do this year. But to be honest, for anyone that's holding Trey Lance right now, you're kind of thankful for it because uh, he hasn't damaged his his value at all uh, with him sitting there right now I think people are waiting to uh, to see him kind of blow up Uh, I'm excited to see him 
that almost might even be a little too rich for my blood right now. And I, I love, I really do like Trey Lance. I think that's a little, I, you're basically baking him into having already had a great season this year when he hasn't done it. So interesting. It is really interesting to see people's uh, optimism when it comes to Trey Lance. I don't blame people, but I, there might be a couple guys I might be looking to, to trade Trey Lance for that might have just already established production. Yeah, so it's crazy because like we were saying before the show, you know, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, although Mac Jones showed a lot this year, Zach Wilson, they all like tanked their dynasty value a little bit (laughs) just by going out there and stepping on the field. (laughs) Trey Lance, you know, got to hold a clipboard for Jimmy G and he's still sitting at uh, at number nine. So um, let's keep it moving just because I I don't want this to be a 90-minute show. Running back – Joe Mixon is the first one that pops up and really yep. the only relevant running back on Cincinnati, according to fantasy pros at that top 200 cutoff. <laughs> yeah, fair. I've been a huge Joe Mixon fan. I have him on a lot of dynasty teams and it feels like they have him at number 22 RB eight feels like this was where everybody was always wish casting Joe Mixon. And now it feels like after this season he's turned in and what we've seen him do, he deserves to be there. Absolutely. So I'm going to move to the next guy, mm-hmm. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Mike, and I'm going to throw this one to you unless Dan shoots daggers at me with his eyes. Uh, Number 70 overall, running back 21. Um, This is a guy who not too long ago was being drafted over Jonathan Taylor in rookie drafts. (sighs) Talk to me a little bit about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, I so first off, just just gut reaction, 21 is, is just too high. Uh, for me, I don't, um, you know, whether I swing and miss on this or not, um, personally, CEH is, is a total avoid uh, for me at this point. Um, I know that he's had some issues staying healthy, um, but I think that the Chiefs are the type of team that have no problem running out the hot hand. Um, you know, Daryl Williams looked awesome when he was gone. I just, CEH is not that kind of dynamic player that is going to change a game when he was being drafted that high in rookie drafts the assumption was that you know this is the guy that pat mahomes said that he wanted to come in here and that's that must say a lot in that you know he's going to get used a lot and the usage is going to naturally turn into fantasy value i just haven't seen it i i uh, when i watch a game he doesn't look like um a game changing back in in even at 21 you know i would personally i would take elijah mitchell uh all day ahead of ceh um, and he is right behind him in the Superflex uh, rankings for Fantasy Pro. So uh, that's my Taking take. the bullets right out of my gun there, Mike. <laughs> that was the first question I had yeah, yeah. lined up for you. So so let's let's keep going down the list. Kareem Hunt is running back 23 on their list. You're taking Kareem Hunt over CEH? Yep, I would say so, yeah. And how about, how about Miles Sanders? That's a tough one. Um, I think that Sanders is a lot more talented than the him than him, but it all depends on how he's used. I would I would probably prefer Sanders over Ceh. Yeah. Okay, and I'll give you one last one, only because it's near and dear to the show's heart. Yeah. Uh, the guy who led UNC in rushing last year, Michael Carter. Oh, that's that's tough, honestly. Yeah, I I I would personally probably go with Carter. I think that uh, you know as a receiver, he looked really good. The Jets liked using him. I, I just. Yeah, I, w- I would probably go with him over CH at the moment. My inner draft capital snob is struggling with this conversation <laughs> right know, now. That, that is a topic. It's a tornado in your head. 
That is a topic for another day. Um, so I guess maybe uh, Dan, you know, talk to us a little bit about if Mike's right on the hot hand piece. Daryl Williams, number 184 overall, running back 56. I mean, obviously worth rostering in deep leagues. Absolutely worth rostering in deep leagues. Always has been. I mean, that's that's one. That's the times where you. Uh, really like being able to have a handcuff that ends up producing really well, right? Like he was being viewed as, hey, you should absolutely have him on the uh, the, the bottom of your roster there just to see what happens. He produces really well. And so it is going to be really hard to predict uh, what's going on with CEH. Do I believe he's probably priced in the right spot now at 21? Basically, you're saying he's in the top two thirds of the league's uh, running backs. Like, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say he's good there. Do I maybe disagree with a couple of uh, the guys that you were tossing out, like Kareem Hunt. I'm still probably going to take CEH, a couple draft capital, age snob type of things there, but um, I, I wouldn't be putting them any higher, um, but I don't think I'd be putting them too much lower either there. So I because of things like Daryl Williams, which you just queued up there. I, I do kind of agree with you. I think I side more on that end of things where, you know, if you can get a CEH in whatever, the fifth round, sixth round of yeah. startups. I mean, I usually get my running backs early. We've talked a lot about that. That's how I, kind of how I build my dynasty teams. But definitely looking a little bit more attractive at that price point yeah. than uh, one or two years ago. Exactly. Sure. So uh, next guy on the list, uh, near and dear to my heart, uh, Cam Akers. So they currently have him at number 56 overall and RB 18. And gentlemen, I'm going to, I'm going to send this one right back to myself. I mean, I am definitely higher on cam acres and you know, there's, there's some risk associated with this take, but they have him behind David Montgomery. I mean, David Montgomery has a cam acres poster in his locker. Like I'm taking cam acres <laughs> all day long. They have Aaron Jones above him, 27 years old, right? Next year, maybe turning 28. I'm, I'm taking Cam Akers. Like, the guy has come back. He's playing on the field. He's had some ups. He's had some downs. But he's clearly healthy enough, and they trust him enough to be handling touches in these playoff games. And, I mean, the next the next guy on this list, if we're moving up from Aaron Jones, is is Derrick Henry, who's 28 and coming off of his first major injury. I, I want me some Cam Akers. So I don't know if I'm getting too hot takey here. Obviously, there's a plethora of talent in the Rams' backfield right now. We can talk about two other guys in a second. But – uh, let me know where you guys are at on Cam Akers real quick. So with Cam Akers, um, I mean, at RB18, yeah, I'm going to be higher on him um, than than what the, the consensus is right there. I'm definitely going to look at some of the upside. I probably am going to be lower than UMAX because I still think, I mean, we we're seeing him off the injury. He looked gr- really pretty solid in the first um, playoff game. Had some fumble ruski issues in the second not one. So great I'm last not so great. Not it was it was a little underwhelming there. <laughs> um, but I think there's just question marks when it comes to how they're going to use him going forward. I think they absolutely intend to use him as more of a workhorse role. Do I also see some really annoying uh, situations happen where they keep Sony Michelle and Darrell Henderson's also there to take on some receiving work where it just caps his ceiling more than people maybe want to realize? Yeah, I do. And so until I am proven otherwise there, I'm probably just going to be hedging my bets a little bit and not uh, be paying the full price. What I would probably hope is that you could get him at a decreased price as compared to what his like true ceiling is. And so I've seen enough that I want to buy in again, but not at the prices that we were seeing this past off season. So Max, I know I will not be buying from you, but there might be others <laughs> who I could be possible. able to, uh, to <laughs> grab a, a cam makers for someone earlier in that list who's produced uh, and, and be able to, have the cam makers upside there 
All right. So backfield teammates, Sony, Michelle, Darrell Henderson, Sony at 148 overall RB 45 and Darrell Henderson at 111 overall RB 33. Mike, any interest in these guys? Yeah. I mean, I guess with Sony first, it's, it's really going to be up in the air on where, where he lands next year. You know, the Rams gave up, um, I forget what they gave up uh, to the Pats for to trade for him. But obviously, you know, he killed him or he killed them in the Super Bowl where the Pats and the Rams played. Obviously, McVay was like, I want that guy on my team. So you could easily see them bringing him back. And they, they obviously Henderson is still under contract for one more year. So you know, like like Dan was just saying, things could get a little uh, bit messy. Definitely think the Acres would be the lead back there. But if Sony comes back, um, I definitely think that he would probably be the third option there. Um, I wouldn't love that landing spot. I would love to see him um, go somewhere else. Um, but then Henderson, for me, it's really it's it's going to be a toss up for me. I know that he'll still be. He was he was uh, used. You know, definitely a good amount when Acres was healthy in his in his rookie season. Um, and I think that it's just going to come down to Henderson himself needs to stay healthy. He's definitely been banged up here and there. Every time that he's running the ball, you know, he looks like he shot out of a cannon. He's a really good runner, uh, in my eyes. So I think, you know, if he's given the snaps, he's going to be able to be a guy that is going to be a slightly serviceable flex play for people that if acres gets hurt, um, you know, he's immediately in that. RB1 to, to high-end RB2 conversation. But um, it's really going to come down to he needs to stay healthy. So I'm already having a tad bit of seller's remorse on this next player, only because it feels like uh, the ways being talked about now, I could have maybe sold him to Mike for a little bit more. <laughs> Elijah Mitchell, number 68 overall, RB21. Mike, as the buyer, I'm going to give you first shot at Elijah Mitchell. Talk to me. Totally. So he's definitely ahead of Cam Akers for me. Um, (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Come on. Come on. Uh, I just, when I look at Mitchell, I just, nothing tells me that this guy is not going to be their workhorse back next year. Um, He looks great running the ball. Um, I think it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens. I think we talked about uh, on a past show um, what happens next year with Trey Lance, you know, going to get some some run pass options going in there and some I definitely think they could open up some holes for Mitchell one might think that it would take away some opportunities but I think um I, I think that he's in the right spot right here like I said I would probably put him over guys like uh ETN over guys uh or oh CEH yep 100% man I think he's in a way better situation than ETN um, I just, it, ETN, his pass catching upside is going to be unreal. And it's, it's too sad that we didn't see anything out of him this year. Uh, but personally, I just, I don't know. I, I see it and I, I am going to believe in the, the low draft capital for sure. That sound clip will get used against you. Let's in go the next year to two years. Or it could go show. in my favor. We'll see. Time will tell. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to let Dan clean it up here and talk about the backup. So Dan, talk to me, uh, former third round darling, Trey Sermon. They have him at number 150 overall, RB 47. And Raheem Mostert clinging to relevancy, according to yep. Fantasy Pros, at number 183, running back number 55. Detangle the backfield a little bit for me, buddy. I'll detangle in as, as quickly as I, as I possibly can here. Um, Shanahan loves being able to mix people in and use him in odd ways, in unpredictable ways, etc. So I think the community and consensus as a whole is kind of confused on what's going to be going on here. 
I love Elijah Mitchell. I think he's the most talented of those three on that roster from what he's proven. However, does it scare me that they took Trey Sermon as, as decently high as they did, and he has yet to really actually be a contrast to Mitchell right now? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I can't imagine they're just going to totally sit on him and say, we just blew that pick, and we're not going to try and find a way to work him in. And the Raheem Mostert, he's proven plenty. He's getting up there in age, and he's injured, but we haven't seen a season where all three of these guys were on the field competing for touches. So that's my only thing where I do worry about Mitchell, where he's priced right now, I like him. That's actually where I like him. I wouldn't be taking him over other people. And I think you should potentially buy if the price is low enough because those other guys are sitting there and could really ruin a situation. So don't pay for him at his ceiling because we've seen great production without having those two on the field. I, I you, That's like my whole point is with this whole Elijah Mitchell thing. And one of the reasons I was selling, I mean, part of it is because I'm a draft capital snob and a, and a historical trend guy. I try to be the process play uh, dynasty owner, but also, and you can look up articles on this. I am not a huge narrative street guy. Everybody knows that is Dan's job on the show. Dan sits on narrative (laughs) corner with his, with his cigarette and his phone in one hand, just making calls. He's out on the street, but, but the thing is like there is something to be said for the success Shanahan has had with this zone scheme. And it goes back to Papa Shanahan. Like this isn't just a Kyle Shanahan thing. And it bothers me a little bit that you said he's the most talented running back on the 49ers, Dan. I think the most talented running back on the 49ers is Debo Samuel. This is fair. And Mm -hmm. it, it also drives me crazy whenever they toss some of these guys in, not that like Trey Sermon got a lot of work, but whether it's Raheem Mostert, whether it's Jeff Wilson, if they were all wearing the number one jersey, you wouldn't even be able to tell these guys apart. Like they're all getting these nice holes. Like I do think Elijah Mitchell's talented, but I think this system, one, chews up running backs and you see them getting injured all the time because of the way they run it. And then two, the production tends to look similar no matter who they throw in there. So that for me, I mean, I talked about Elijah Mitchell on our draft recap. I said, hey, deep leagues, this is a guy to look at and stash. But long, long term, I am not the believer. Um, so I will throw it back to Mike because he deserves more time. But I do <laughs> want to move on to wide receiver. Totally. I. Uh, oh, Dan has a sticky note up. Oh, he's, he's saying? saying we need to speed up, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't I don't have anything else to add there. I think I will say uh, I'm... Uh, I can't do this. I cannot rescind the statement I just made, but after thinking about it for more than 30 seconds, I think that I would probably put Mitchell behind ETN. So I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you for coming to your sense. I was like, I was like, wait, hold there. on a second. He's with literally the guy that he was roommates with at Clemson. Like he's gonna do well. So Sorry about that. I like how that's the reason Mike <laughs> Branks <laughs> decided. He's like, no. Then why isn't Clyde Edwards Hilaire higher? Now all of a sudden we have the quarterback. <laughs> they were roommates. Yeah, it's not because of those back-to-back 1,600-yard rushing seasons no. or the 50-catch no, season a, he had in 2020. Mike's the like, they chemistry. were roommates. He's going to be they awesome. 100%. Thank you. That's oh all I got. This is the most... Dan really took us off the rails with that post-it note. Um, so let's let's keep going with wide receiver. So Jamar Chase, we do not need to talk about Jamar Chase. I'm actually surprised we all three of us were consensus with him, number one. I think he and Justin Jefferson, mm-hmm. super close. He's the number one. Um, T. Higgins, Mike, this is your guy. And I feel like I threw some unnecessary shade at you because your, your hot take before the season was that he was going to outscore Jamar Chase. 
And on a points per game basis, T Higgins looked awesome this year. So give me 30 seconds on T Higgins. Totally. I mean, it's just, we were talking about Joe Burrow earlier and all the weapons that he has in, in when you're in an offense like that, like things are going to open up and T Higgins is so darn talented. And especially if teams are trying to cover Jamar chase, that leaves another alpha wide receiver out in the open too. I just, he looks awesome. He's a great um, deep to, to mid midfield target. You know, you got Boyd over, over the middle with the slot it, um, as a slot receiver, but Higgins looked awesome on the outside. Just, he was very reliable for Joe Burrow, uh, really good, uh, touchdown upside. You know, he's not always going to be the guy that's getting the 70 yard, um, you know, down the field play, but he's a great red zone target, um, for Burrow. And I just, I think he's properly placed right around here, you know? Um, I don't know if I would go much higher as of yet, just because I do think that his upside is somewhat capped by the, the fact that he has Chase on his team, but I love him at 15. Yeah, he was a box checker for me coming out of Clemson, and I think I was the only one out of the three of us saying, like, I feel like he's creeping inside the top 10 or getting very close for me. Uh, the age, the production, he's looked awesome. Uh, unfortunately, when you have two dominant wide receivers in an offense, there's a third mouth that's a little hungry. So, Dan... <laughs> Wide receiver number 45. Talk to me about the man who you're wearing on your back right now, Tyler Boyd. That's right, Mr. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Uh, people know I love him. Uh, he's, he's a fantastic player. Whenever I have a chance to share a tweet or two about how he has uh, the fewest drops in the slots or, or just in general, uh, he's just super predictable uh, and super reliant. And he, in my opinion, if you're going to be investing in a wide receiver three, uh, invest in a wide receiver three that has a fantastic connection with this quarterback in a high octane offense uh, that's going to be throwing a bunch. Uh, so I continually feel like he's undervalued. So and I feel like you're easy, easily able to uh, to trade for him uh, every single year and get someone that you are going to very much enjoy having in your flex year in year out for years to come because I believe that offense is on fire. So in short, go by Tyler Boyd. He's a great player to have on your team uh, in the wide receiver three to flex spot. All right. Keeping it moving with Tyreek Hill. They have him at number 14 overall, wide receiver three. That feels high to me. Feels like maybe these rankings aren't as updated as they could be. But Mike, did you have him in the top five? Yeah, I had him at number four, so not too far off. And I mean, you know, we were talking before this. I think we can all agree that he's at least somewhere within the top eight or so. Um, you know, it's going to be really dependent on age for a lot of people. He's 27 year old, years old, going on 28 uh, in March. Um, so, you know, it's it's the type of guy that, yeah, if he uh, rolls an ankle and misses, you know, it has a high ankle sprain and misses eight to nine games, he's going to plummet and not necessarily plummet as much as some other guys would, but he could definitely fall down. But for me right now, he's the perfect kind of guy that is just going to win you. He's he's a, a matchup winner. You know, he can go and drop 40 points because Patrick Mahomes and him have a ridiculous connection. He's so great after the catch with being creative and so quick. So, you know, he's he's a lock for top five. Number three might be um, just a hair, hair too much for me. All right, Dan, do we even need to talk about Miko Hardman, wide receiver number 66, or can we just keep it moving? Nope. Um Good luck trying to get anything for him. He's continued to pop here and there, but there's no way they're not going to find a way to bring in like a true uh, wide receiver two going forward. So um, sell high if you're able to off of these few couple games that he's, he's been able to pull off. Um, but so long, Miko Hardman. <laughs> All right, Mike, 
I'll give it to you. Cooper Cup, Fantasy Pros has him right now at wide receiver number seven. You have him inside the top five. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to make your case for Cooper Cup, the destroyer of worlds. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had him at number five. Uh, so right on that cusp. I just, obviously he is not, cannot repeat what he did this year, which is 100-yard game after 100-yard game. Um, but, you know, I just think he is the clear alpha on that team. The Rams are a great, well-coached uh, team with a great offense. Him and Matty Stafford looked awesome together. I know that he's getting uh, slightly up there. He's, he, I believe he's also 28 years old. Um, but just when you watch this guy play, he just has ridiculous speed, ridiculous acceleration. He'll catch the ball and just break through uh, lines of defense, you know, the secondary that looks like they're going to be able to catch him, and he just... He just blasts right through them. I think his athleticism is off the charts. And for me, in Dynasty, again, this is the type of guy that is going to get you those 100-plus yard games with a touchdown or two. And that's just that'll win you weeks. And I just think that compared to some of those guys behind him that aren't quite in that ridiculous alpha tier, that's enough for me to keep him in the top five even at that age. I feel like the way we keep bouncing the show, Dan just doesn't get the primo guys to talk about. But Dan, we got Odell Beckham now. Um, One-year deal with the Rams. He said I wasn't getting alphas here. <laughs> we, we, don't know, we don't know what the future holds for Fantasy Pros wide receiver number 37. Any thoughts on uh, Odell Beckham, who is starting to make me feel old with how old oh, he is? Oh, God, yeah. Dude, I, he has been one of the most frustrating guys to own. Uh, I took him way too high in a startup at just the wrong time with the Baker Mayfield's like kind of connection that have just been sitting on and being like, do something. It's like that meme where just the guy poking someone with a stick. It's just, I, it's, it's been, it's been so annoying. So we've seen a little bit of a resurgence, a little bit of a rebirth. Do I trust it? No, I don't. Uh, I would be looking to sell high off of it. Do I love o- o- what Odell did in the past? Absolutely. Would I much rather try and find a way to offload him and get younger um, off of this production that I don't think will be predictable going forward? Very touchdown heavy. Yes, I absolutely would. So um, if he continues to succeed with Maddie Stafford in the future, great. I'm just not betting on it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to quickly go over a couple of these names. First of all, I agree with you. I think Odell Beckham is a great sell right now. If you can capitalize mm-hmm. on the name value, Robert Woods, um, awful injury timing. Yeah. Gotta hate that for somebody in his age range. They have him at wide receiver 36, not really a guy I'm looking to invest in outside of like really cheap prices. Yep. Uh, Van Jefferson, number 53. He's a fun guy who I think has popped a little bit here and there, but you know, it's, it's again, I mean, do they bring Beckham back? Robert Woods getting healthy. It's it's a pretty convoluted situation. So, Dan, I'm going to make up for all the other woes that you had on this show. Debo Samuel, even though Mike's the highest of the three of us on him, yeah. I, want you, I want to give you a chance because Mike and I did it on the last show. Talk to me about Debo. They have him at wide receiver 10 right now. Yeah. Um, Debo was incredible this year. Um, I constantly through my own kind of accord, want to continue to to reflect and try and be better uh, going into next season. Uh, And Debo's a guy I was not high on. Um, I think actually Alex Tordai was a person who who made a trade for him uh, involving Devontae Adams. And I was like, oh, okay, all right. I mean, Debo? Yeah, yeah, sure. Debo. (laughs) Debo said he got some first picks It wasn't just. He got more than just For sure. It wasn't a straight up. was not a straight up. It was a great trade, Um, especially now looking back at it. But I was just like, Man, um, I, I, I don't know if I'm on that Debo train, especially because there was this big hype around Ayuk. Um, and 
for whatever reason, I just didn't, I didn't fully believe. Um, I think you're seeing this now being really solidified that man, can a skill set like that be valuable? Keeping that flame lit for someone like a LaVisca Chenault, who is, is in that type of mold. Um, I am very excited to see him there. I think he's potentially a little too high at wide receiver 10, just because there's going to be this big flip over where Jimmy Noodle Arm Garoppolo, who can't do anything but behind, throw behind the line of scrimmage sometimes. Uh, God love expatriate, but still, come on, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> then you have uh, Trey Lance, who has a cannon and can run himself. So I, I love seeing what he did this year. But guys, I think we're overreacting just a little bit when we're putting him at wide receiver 10 at his age and without as much predictability as maybe some of these other guys have in the future. That's my stance on Debo. Love what he did this year. Wide receiver 10 is too high for me. Yeah, I 10 feels reasonable. Okay. Um, and Debo, so so Dan, this is big for us. Okay, right? This is Mike, you don't need to be involved in this conversation. But when we talk about Brian Edwards, okay, and we talk mm-hmm. about that, that record breaking breakout. He was sharing a field at South Carolina with Debo Samuel <laughs> that year. Go. So if Debo, uh, the higher, <laughs> the higher you rank Debo Samuel, the better the larger the excuse for we have for Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards has. Okay? All right, so this that's is fair. something. All right, fantastic. But no, I mean it's. I get that it feels like a knee jerk reaction, but this is a guy who was just so dynamic in college, like monster special teams production. Um, even, even, you know, through all four years at South Carolina could run the ball. Um, obviously we've seen the 49ers start stuff to, you know, really make that a thing yep. with him at the NFL level. I feel like 10 feels about right. That, that feels to me like where he should be monster season. Mike and I talked about this on the last show, like yards after catch and racking up that many yeah. yards after catch, not traditionally the stickiest thing year over year. Um, but that's where I feel like he should be going. And since we are nearing the end of the show, Mike, I'm going to give you any quick words on Debo if you choose to take them. I, I don't. I don't think I need to. I think we covered it all. It's. It's. I think that's a right there uh, around the right spot for him. Number ten. I like I said before. I would possibly go a little bit higher um, because I think that the talent is just undeniable. It's. But it is going to fall into how is he used next year in there forward. Yeah. Yeah. That offense is certainly changing next year, so it'll be interesting to keep tabs on. Yeah. Which kind of gives me. Gives me some hope, gives me some fear for the last wide receiver we have on this list. Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver number 32, somebody who I think is super talented. Um, You've seen it in spurts, was in the doghouse early with Shanahan this year for whatever reason. But definitely, like, as a TV watcher, I love what I see from Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Another player who was just really dynamic, and we were kind of talking about this a little bit off the air before we, you know, before we hit the record button, like, they took Brandon Ayuk in the first round last year. So that to me was telling a little bit, like maybe they weren't super sure that Debo was going to have this ascension that they might've thought possible. So Dan, I'll throw it to you before we get into tight ends. Any quick words on Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver 32? Yeah. Only thing that was super weird to me is why he was in the doghouse with Shanahan for, for so long this season. Um, it, that just for certain reasons scares me a little bit because you can be the most talented player in the world. And we've seen it plenty of times. If for whatever reason you find yourself in the doghouse, uh, and maybe it wasn't the doghouse, maybe it was whatever reason, but there's some reason he wasn't being utilized. That was outside of injury. That gives me some pause with him. But if we don't see that situation going into next year, 
I think you're going to be talking about him in a much more favorable light going into next season than, uh, than this season. All right. Well, we all know I hate tight ends, so I'm going to let you two end the show here. Uh, I'm just going to run through all of them and then I'm going to pose a quick question. So they CJ Uzama disrespected by fantasy pros because uh, he didn't even qualify for this list, but I put him on there anyway, because that's the kind of guy I am. Number 257 overall tight end 37. They have Travis Kelsey at tight end three, Tyler Higby at tight end 17 and George Kittle at tight end four. The thing that sticks out to me, I don't know if we need to go crazy with any Higby talk, but George Kittle at four, Dan, as the resident tight end truther for the position on the show. I mean, there's a four plus year age gap between him and Kelsey. Is Kelsey just immortal at this point? Even have even sticking around at tight end three? It is. It is definitely really interesting to uh, to see that. I think it's what it should be this year. Do I think you see that swap next year? Yes. Um, so. In my opinion, you take Travis Kelsey, you try and get Kittle Plus, and you create a little buffer for yourself there. Because unless you were in an insane, absolutely win now, and you just need to hold Kelsey, do it. That's fine. We play to win. But I think this is a perfect time where you see it. He was an unequivocal one last year. Um, And now you see it down to three. And you might see it go to four to five. And you'll see other guys like TJ Hawkinson maybe step up a little bit or my boy Pat Fryermuth or someone else. You're going to see it eventually decline. And I love what he's done, and I'm never going to bet against it, but at some point it's going to happen, so I'm going to be looking to capitalize in the meantime. Yeah, obviously they have uh, Kyle Pitts at one and Logan Thomas at two, Mike. Yep. So, I mean, <laughs> is there any additional conversation or can we just end the show at this I point? would argue that Thomas probably belongs ahead of Pitts, um, but, you know, that's just that's just me. But, that's, no, that's I, I, don't, I don't think there's much, <laughs> much else to say. I, I probably agree. I, I think that Kittle is going to turn 29 but it, this coming season, but I think that, you know, him, him and Kelsey are interchangeable for me. I ain't got much else to say. Fair enough, boys. Well... Dan and his post-it note sped us up a little bit there at the end. So we are over 50 minutes by my count. There so we go. Good gotta show, the, but a lot gotta of... Gotta keep the trains on time. Of course, you gotta keep us in check. A lot man. of good stuff to cover. And I didn't even plan on doing this, but I'm gonna put you both on the spot. Mike, I'm gonna start with you um, because obviously the next time viewers hear our... Vo- or listeners hear our voices, <laughs> this is all gonna be over. I want your game picks for this coming weekend. And I want them now. Oh my goodness. All right, so what do we got? We got Chiefs versus Bengals. And then it's going to be Rams versus Niners, right? So yes, sir. I I gotta go Chiefs Rams, and those are those are the favorites, I believe, uh, for both. I I think it's think it's going to happen. I think that I don't know. I was just watching Mahomes on the sideline uh, during that that Chiefs Bills game, and he just looks so locked in. I think that they took that trajectory this year of being the team that everyone started to doubt. The first, you know, fourth of the season, like, are they crumbling? Are they crumbling? They went through that. They came out on the other side, uh, a better team. And then with the Rams, too, I think there was plenty uh, points this year where people are questioning Stafford. I think he's going to come out on top. I think the 49ers had an awesome end of the year, really upsetting team after team. But I think I would love to see Chiefs Rams. Dano. All right. I'm going to go with the Rams, too. I think they have uh, a bit more of a a complete team there. I am very excited to watch that game, but I think they're going to come out ahead there. 
Uh, plus, I honestly just the the numbers finance guys me is like, oh, please, you need to win something because you have zero picks for the next 15 years. <laughs> so you are you are going to be in big trouble if you didn't make this worth your while. Yeah. Uh, so going to bet for them there. And you know what, Mike, I, KC's fantastic. And I think that they, they, are they likely going all the way? Yeah. But I have to go with the Bengals because sometimes there's something about a team that just never expected to be there and in a situation and is just so starry-eyed and just comes hungrier than anyone else. And I think if I'm going to pick a team that's going to do that, it could be the Bengals. So I, I'm going to go Bengals-Rams in the Super Bowl. And, man, I, I like would it. just love to see that game uh, happen with the Super Bowl if possible. That would be dope. I, I think I'm going chalk with Mike. And it kind of kills me. Uh, I think Kansas City is definitely the better team. Yep. And just, I mean, the that Kansas City Bills game could have been the Super Bowl by itself. 100%. Those teams were in different conferences. Um, on the Rams-Niners side, Shanahan has kind of owned Sean McVay <laughs> in, in recent memory. Um, I think, you know, we don't really talk a lot of X's and O's on this show. That's not what we do. But Vaughn Miller, what an addition for yeah, the Rams. That I mean, is fair. Awesome. You give... Also, we didn't get to do this, but they put up a graphic about the number of all pros, consecutive all pros that Aaron Donald's gotten. And the two names next to him for like were like from the 50s and 60s. I'm like, this isn't even a relevant thing to show. Like these guys went back to their job at the meatpacking plant in between seasons. Like Aaron Donald is out there competing against guys who everybody has the best trainers in the world. Like it's a totally different NFL. So I could go on about Aaron Donald forever. But I mean, Aaron Donald on one side of the ball and the reigning triple crown wide receiver Cooper Cup on the other side of the ball. I think it's the Chiefs. I think it's the Rams. But I think there's going to be another great weekend of games coming up for us. Couldn't agree more. Super excited. So getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in. Milk was a bad choice. (laughs) 